If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, have you ever tried an idea that has no research base, but just seems like in your gut a good thing to try? It was probably, <laughs> my, first, you? It was probably my first three years of teaching, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of that is the teacher's lounge, right? Is you're like, hey, I tried this thing and it actually worked. You should try it. Like it's just, it's like a natural sharing. It's probably the baseline of teacher pay teacher is just like, hey, sometimes we kind of know what we're doing and we're just going to throw it out there, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. And this is the guilt I'm feeling because the... Um, um, the idea I'm going to share was a super random video on Instagram. It was like a reel that someone sent to me and they're like, Hey, what do you think about this? Hmm. And I've been thinking about it for days now. And I think it's a good idea. Okay. So I am wondering how you feel about this. And so I just had to start with that disclaimer of don't believe everything you see on the internet. Not everything has a research base. So here we go. We're just okay. gonna, we're gonna just spit around this idea for a second and see where it would take root. So this teacher is talking on this reel about how before she begins a test, so a test period. So you're about to hand out this test everyone's going to take. They studied for it, whatever. And in the first few minutes of her passing out the test, they can't have their pencils, any writing utensils out in front of them. It's just a test. But she passes it out and then everyone gets to talk to each other for five minutes. What do you think? Okay. So this reminds me of, I'm I'm not totally opposed to this. Like my, my gut reaction is, oh, that's not bad. Um, when I was in college, I was, uh, my first couple of years, I was a music major at a very small, um, private Catholic university. And, um, I was with the same kids in each of our, our major classes and music history was one of the hardest classes I have taken in whether my bachelor's program, my master's programs, music history was a beast. And we had some group tests. There were a couple of them where she did exactly that. So she would hand out, this is what the exam is today. And, um, she would let us listen to, you know, whatever the clip was that we were going to have to analyze. And then she would give us time to talk about it before we had to go back to our respective corners. Okay. And, and write so our it's answers. not a random idea. Mm-hmm. It's not a random idea. The, the funny thing is, is 
it didn't always work out real well for us. Like we were focused on the wrong thing in our conversation, or um, I didn't follow my gut sometimes because of something that one of my my peers said. And so sometimes that can be a confusing experience for people. So I think it depends on how it's used. Did she give an example when you were watching the video? Is do you have like an example of she was she was talking about math, but I kept thinking okay. about I kept thinking about social studies or a subject where you are trying to re, you were trying to retain a ton of mm. information and then you get the test, which is probably I mean, we're talking about things that are like essay based or problem. You have to really problem solve, not like you're spitting out a bunch of multiple choice answers. Okay. I would I would imagine this works best if you um if this is, you know, some longer questions or some more complicated things. Um, so she, I believe, was coming at it from a math point of view. And so I could see like the best use of that five minutes is you talking to someone and saying, hey, are you going to use this formula or that formula? Or is this, would you go step A, step B, step C? Like you'd kind of talk mm-hmm. through like, how would you start to tackle this one? Mm-hmm. You know, you'd probably flip through it because the point she makes is you're not going to get through the whole test in five minutes. Like, you're going to have you're going to have a moment to like look at it ask someone something and then it's time to go so like you don't yeah. you know it's time to get started then it's yep. silent you have your pencil and you start going um but i i love that you just said sometimes you were misled or you became more confused when it was your turn to go it alone so i'm yeah, I'm not sure. But um, I, I think part of her approach was, or the, part of the point she was trying to make was, it would ease test anxiety. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What's the connection there? Yeah, I, I, I think that is a possibility. Like, let's just, because think about the tension that is like, palpable in a room when the big test is handed out and everyone's sitting there in silence and waiting for the test. Right. And Mm -hmm. then like it's in front of you. And like, sometimes depending on how anxious you are about that test in front of you, like the words start swimming together and you're trying to read the instructions and it's not making any sense. And you really need a moment. It's I've experienced that in, in different settings where you actually need a couple of moments to orient yourself with something so that your breathing can regulate so that your brain can clear and a couple of minutes of talking to peers, whether it's about, you know, what's the process or tell me again, what was the formula for this? Or can we clarify the instructions really quick or whatever that is? It's an orienting moment, which is a very normal thing that people need for their heads to clear, for their breathing to regulate so that they can come at something ready. You know, well, I I love hearing that from you because I know that by the time I was a more experienced test taker, I was no longer so scared at my timeline, and I would take the first couple of minutes to read all the questions mm-hmm. to myself, maybe jot a note or a formula in the margin, or if I was mm-hmm. trying to memorize something with an acronym, I'd jot it somewhere. Yep. I'd flip through the whole thing, and then I would pace myself more accurately through the problems. That's definitely a skill you can't do the first time you are a middle schooler taking an exam, but right. over time, you learn that skill. So I wonder if this talk time at the beginning starts to um model 
that skill among people so that they have this the right self-talk in those first couple of minutes because you're also going to hear if your neighbor's like oh my gosh I'm so panicked or oh we got this hey I remember this one was about this or this one's about that so Mm -hmm. the tone of your neighbor is going to really influence how you tackle the thing um so hopefully you're sitting by some cheerleaders because like you need that (laughs) kind of mindset because you could start to panic if your neighbor's panicking but that group strategy idea of um, what's the acronym for blah, 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 or that really does, if you allow kids, if that becomes a practice in your classroom and you allow kids to talk about the test before the test, um, they're actually going to pick up individual strategies, much to your point, Jill, you figured that out later on, but they could train each other to do that. Or you could be telling them during these two minutes these are things that you need to be asking each other about or thinking about, or, you know, um, it's, it's training them how to, how to tackle yeah. a test together. Yeah. Because how silly, like no matter what, I wouldn't tackle number one with my neighbor. I'd flip nope. to the end. I'd flip to like the hardest thing yeah. and then read it out loud with them. But again, the first time I do it, we're going to try to do like one, two, and three together, even though they're the easiest yeah. things on the test. So right. I, I kind of like the strategy of this. I can't, I would imagine there'd be teachers nervous because they're going to think, Ooh, is this sort of like cheating or is this downplay people preparing by themselves? But I don't think it can do that much damage to try it and then see where it goes. It seems like a low risk um, try in the classroom. It seems like a low risk try and it seems like some really good long-term things could come out of it. I see, and I'm all about everything I do in trainings about universal design for learning. Like everything is, you're always playing a long game. So, okay, maybe today you're not going to like what happens today. Okay. Well then don't do that again. No big deal. But if, if at the end of the day, you're really trying to train children to be resourceful and critical thinkers and self-reliant and all of those things, like you've got to give them opportunities to build confidence in the classroom and to lean on each other because that is what we do in the real world. So play the long game, think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And how does that fit into where you want them to be, you know, once they leave you, that's, that's the idea. And this is, I think this is, this fits into that. This is awesome. Well, if there are teachers in the lounge who try this one or have always been doing it, we'd love to hear from you because we want some follow-up for sure. Um, (laughs) Because I think this is a good one to to try. I All think right, it's worth awesome. A try. Yep, yep, I like it. Good. Well, thanks for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time. <laughs>